Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. We have a very somber episode today. Yeah, it's bleak. Yeah. So we're just going to embrace it and go full emo. We watched Chernobyl on HBO and When They See Us on Netflix. And man, it was rough. Yeah, I feel like it's rare that something's like that difficult to watch, but I also love it so much. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch either again. Yeah. Especially when they see us. Yeah, when I was watching When They See Us, I was like, man, I've always prided myself on only watching depressing things, but this is too much. And like that was saying, so that is saying a lot. If like that was too much for me, it was really depressing. (laughs) Seriously. But we can get into that later. Oh, we will. We will. We're going to just go embrace it and start off with our top three. Our top three shows that make us cry. Okay, so some of the ones on my list, it might not be that I like have cried consistently through the show, mm-hmm. but there were like really memorable times when I like cried a lot. Yes. So that's how I approached it. Okay, great. Me too. Okay, cool. Mm, for the most part. <laughs> well, because I was thinking, I was like, if I hear that a show will make me cry a lot, then typically I'm like, I'm not that interested in watching it. Yeah. But I've still... I even, like, in some comedies have made me cry a lot. Yeah, true. So. Um, I feel like my answers are kind of um, cookie cutter, but they're true. So I didn't want to force something that wasn't real. Totally. Cookie cutter's not bad. I'll start out with my most cookie cutter answer. Okay. And one that you haven't watched because you hear it just makes people cry. Um, This Is Us. Okay, cool. Well, I feel like we can't, especially since you're a fan of This Is Us, we can't not mention it on a cry top three. Mm -hmm. I'm actually a person that I don't really like being told how to feel and like how my emotions should be. Like, I don't even really like like stand-up comedy because I don't like that I have to like go into it expecting to laugh. I'm kind of stubborn, I guess. And so a show... (laughs) No, but I agree, and I think that's why I don't, like, watch a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. But This Is Us can still get me. I kind of fell off the bandwagon the last season. I think I stopped watching halfway through. I'll probably go back and finish, but I just don't want people... It's not my favorite show in the whole entire world, but I do watch it, and I am, like, a fan of it. Yeah, I would say that, like, 75% of the episodes I cried in, so it worked. Yeah, well, and I feel like if you love the characters, yeah, I don't feel like you're some kind of, like, sucker for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if that is your reaction, whose reactions and opinions I trust, then they must have, like, crafted good stories and characters. Yeah, they did. Okay, my number three is kind of a weird choice, but I'm including it because um, when I rewatched the episode that made me cry so much, I cried again. So I feel like it must Double really cry. be real. And that was Broad City. Mm. And it was, it's kind of weird. And maybe it just happened to be that I watched this episode, like, during emotional times or something. But um, there's an episode where Abby and Alana, they don't get in a fight necessarily, but they're both kind of keeping something kind of big from the other one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's essentially, like, they're, all their lies kind of stack up and everything backfires, and Alana 
who's normally like not really bugged by stuff and really aloof like completely breaks down and is like having a very real feeling just like meltdown and it's just like really hits me every time and like it's just really sad even within the moment she's like talking like abby's apologizing Mm -hmm. but she's like no it's like not even about you like it's fine it's there's just all this other stuff that i haven't been telling you and it's just like really real and really emotional and I also think stuff like that, it, like, shows how good at acting they really are. Because totally. I feel like sometimes comic actors, like, don't get credit for their true acting skills. Mm-hmm. But it not, it's, like, really impressive. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, I was thinking about Girls. And I don't think that I cried that much watching Girls. But there was that second to last episode of all the friends kind of, like, having a come to Jesus Jesus moment and at the party and I cried in that episode I think that's another one I would cry every time I watch it because Mm -hmm. it does feel so real and relatable and man female friendships those are the that's something that really gets me a lot of times it's well those are the relationships that mean so much to me in real life and so yeah like when a show can really nail how it feels Mm -hmm. it's really good yeah it's just, and both, like, that episode and this Broad City moment, it's just, like, so cathartic, and it's just, it just brings up a lot of real thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah, it's powerful. Well, my number two is Grey's Anatomy. Again, not a show I watch anymore or cry to now, but at that time, my tie to those characters was so strong <laughs> that... It really affected me. I watched, like, the first seven seasons all in one summer in my parents' basement, and I, like, slept on the love sack, and I didn't get out much. (laughs) I think also, for me, it's always depending on the situation I'm in when I'm watching. And if I'm alone in a dark room, I'm going to cry. Totally. So those first seven seasons really made me weep. Which are the plot lines that made you cry the most? Oh, definitely 007. What? <laughs> I can't remember his name other than 007. Uh, it's not him. Are you thinking what? Javier Bardem? No. Oh. I'm thinking of their friend that died, and they called him 007 because he always... Uh, I know who you're talking about. I was thinking that you meant the guy who plays Denny. No. Because he, to me, I get him yeah. mixed up with Javier Bardem, So, and who was in oh. James Bond. <laughs> So that's why I was like, what? No. But Denny's storyline also is one. Because that's one I was thinking of for sure. And then the shooting. That shooting episode, they should get more credit for that. So I feel like because it's been on so long, and I'm included in this, that I feel like it's almost diluted some of the old amazing episodes. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember how good they were, but that shooting was terrifying. It was very terrifying. It was really suspenseful and scary. The 007 is George O'Malley storyline. I don't think I remember them even calling him. Oh, really? Yeah. That's sad because I love George. Yeah. I feel like you would remember if you freshened up. Yeah. My number two is Shrill. Mmm. Good call. That pool party episode really hit me. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like it hit everyone. Yes. It was so um, personal because everyone knows how, whether it's specifically about your body 
or about anything that you feel insecure about. Like, everyone knows that feeling of just wanting to hide mm-hmm. and feeling so insecure that you are so, like, tightly wound about something that you can't fully be free and released. And so to see her just totally let go and let herself have fun and be happy to be herself was just incredible. Yeah, I agree. Ariana Grande, too. Yeah, every time I hear that song now, I think of that, and it's mm-hmm. so happy. It's great. So that was a time that I cried out of happiness. My number one is Parenthood. Mm, that's one of my bonuses. To me, Parenthood is better than This Is Us. I like it better, and I connect it with it better. And... Well, how can, I mean, those characters. that The, the Bravermans. Yeah, the Bravermans. And... Like, with them, it's, like, I feel a connection to almost every single character equally. Um, where in This Is Us, I don't really feel like that's the case. And mm-hmm. I compare it to that because it kind of has a similar vibe, I think. Parenthood is a lot more real to me. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, like, felt like they were my family. I feel like Parenthood kind of ruined me for other shows that are kind of that genre. Mm. Because not only was it really great, and I don't know if I could be topped, but also it was, like, so much. Yeah. Like, there are just... It's a lot. It is a lot. Because you really do feel like it's, like, you may as well be in the family with Mm -hmm. them going Mm -hmm. through everything. And they're just so lovable and are so stupid sometimes, and you just want them to be not stupid. Mm -hmm. But they're just so good. And it's another show that I think ended when it needed to end, and I'm glad it ended. Yeah, because there's only five seasons, right? Yeah. That's, a that's like, the perfect amount of seasons for a show. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, my number one is more cookie cutter. It's Friday Night Lights. It's it's just another one with such amazing characters that you feel like that you're in their lives. Mm-hmm. And they're in your lives. And it's just, like, you just are so worried about them. Mm-hmm. And the finale is probably... Like, the first time I watched the Friday Night Lights finale, I cried so much, both out of happiness and, like, sadness that it's over, and relief for some of the plot lines. Like, I was so stressed out about what Coach and Tammy were going to do, and if they were going to be able to, like, kind of resolve the longest fight we've seen from them and Mm -hmm. stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's smart, too, because you can see both sides and everything, and it's just so good. When I finished it, my roommate had walked in... And I was like, oh, hey. And she was like, what happened? Because <laughs> I had mascara all over my face and I had no idea. But um, there's a lot of other times that are so emotional in that, too. And, like, as I'm remembering them, a lot of them involve, like, Saracen. Mm-hmm. Like, the episode all about the funeral. Yeah, he has a sad life. He really does. The part when he sings to his grandma and stuff, like, it's so much. And just, you finally learn about Riggins and his the heart that he has and mm-hmm. he's sensitive and stuff. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I love that show so much. Um, so do you have any bonuses? Um, I only have mm, one, maybe two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to have as many as you need. My first one is Queer Eye. Oh, duh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that one. <laughs> I mean, if you don't cry watching Queer Eye, do you even have a heart? Probably not. Don't think so. I actually didn't cry as much in this last season as the first season, but... I didn't even cry that as much in the second season. Yeah. Maybe because I knew what to expect more, but yeah. I still cried in one episode. And then I gotta give it up to Game of Thrones. 
Because it's like an unsuspecting show that made me cry. Yeah, and I cried at weird times. Yeah. Like, when certain people died. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm so emotionally moved. Yeah. But it's just great. That's one of my bonuses, too. And I also put Fleabag. Yeah, I... I was like, I feel like we just talked about Fleabag and how much it made us cry, so I didn't put it on my top three, but Mm -hmm. yeah, same. That's how I felt, too. Also, supposedly that might be the last season. Yeah, we learned some confusing information this (laughs) week. That we're gonna share with you, and we don't really have answers. Yeah, I guess let's, like, this will be our segue into news, TV news. Mm -hmm. But if you know, please tell us. (laughs) Because part of me was like, did the person who wrote this article just write it in a weird way? No, because it's in multiple articles. Oh, okay. That apparently Phoebe Waller-Bridge has said that season two is the last season. But she also said that about season one. And apparently she's just like, it depends on how I'm feeling. Like, if (laughs) I write another one, I write another one. But this is going to be the last. So... I don't want to get my hopes up for a third season. No, and I like where the second season ended for her character, so I would be fine if it is the end, and I would be super jazzed. But I don't want the main character to end up being sad. No, but I kind of read the end because she was kind of saying, like, even though she was sad, she was also kind of, like, mouthing, like, I'll be okay. And the song was about being okay. And especially where the first season ended... She's, she is, I trust that she will be okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that being said, I would be really, really excited about a third season. Yeah. Other TV news. Some shows are coming back. Some, some shows are finishing. Are the Good Place, this l- next season is going to be the last season. I don't watch The Good Place. I know you've watched The Good Place. Mm-hmm. I'm not caught up to where it is. But, Yeah. But yeah, I just always applaud a show that ends when it needs to and feels like it's a good place to end. No pun intended. Yes. I really respect it, especially because it's really popular. Even though it's sad, I would rather see a show end on its own terms in a way that makes sense rather than run it into the ground. Yeah. Agreed. This came out last week, so you guys probably know about it, but in case you don't, Dead to Me is officially renewed for season two. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is really exciting because the cliffhanger they left off on was a real doozy. (laughs) So, I'm excited. I can't wait. Me too. And the last piece of news I have is that Gina Davis is going to be joining the GLOW Season 3 cast. And I'm very excited about it. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. I cannot wait for this season. Me neither. Alright. Chernobyl. Did you know what happened? (laughs) History. Ever heard of it? Well, I can't actually say that because I really knew basically nothing about Chernobyl. Well, so that was what I wanted to kind of start out with, is that I feel like I have heard about it and I knew what happened, but, like, did I ever learn about it in school? Like, what age was I? Did I get... Did it get taught to me? I was trying to figure it out and I never came to a solution. I for sure never learned about it. I think that in any... European history classes I took in high school. Uh, I don't think we got to the late 80s. I don't think mm. we got to, like, even the Cold War. Hmm. I feel like we it was, like, mostly ancient. What is the <laughs> and, Cold like, War? And, like, World War Two. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the, the Berlin Wall came down. 
the Soviet Union doesn't technically exist anymore, which I learned this week (laughs) reading about Chernobyl. (laughs) Like, I consider myself basically smart (laughs) until I remember that there's a lot of stuff I have no clue about and I'm bad at. So this was very educational for me. And for not knowing a lot about Chernobyl, it's also a little bit confusing because... They do not have... The actors are speaking English and speak in their normal accents where most of the characters are playing... They're mostly playing Ukrainian slash Russian people. I think all of them are. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to be safe by saying most. <laughs> I am I think that you're safe. Okay. Because none of them had, like, English-sounding names at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, true. But then it's interesting because anything that's written down, like posters or paperwork, it's all written in Russian. Yes. And or Ukrainian. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. And in case you were as clueless as us, or more so, Chernobyl is... what? What is it? Okay. What happened at Chernobyl, it was 86, and basically there was an explosion in this power plant. And it spread. And it was, like, nuclear. Yeah, it was... And they get into the details of how strong the nuclear explosion was. But basically, it became an emergency to try and um, minimize the, like, the damage done as best they could. Yes. And it's them trying to figure out exactly what happened, how it happened... Who's lying? Um, How about much precautions it. Could, should they take? Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like that doesn't sound nearly as exciting and tense as the show was. No, because it really was. I was kind of thinking. One thing I thought about while I was watching it was, I was like, "This is very like detailed and educational," but the script and acting and just general filmmaking of it was so good that it didn't ever feel like someone was just reading a textbook to me. Totally. Yeah, there were still plots and storylines that were most, for the most part, real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all done very, very well. I saw something about how it's like the highest rated show on IMDb. Yeah, like of all time. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, it is really good. Um, It's only five episodes, so also great. Mm -hmm. What else is there to say about it? The only other note I have is that it's going to be such a toss-up between this and Game of Thrones, who wins um, makeup effects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was looking up the makeup artist on IMDb to see if they happened to work for Game of Thrones, and they did. For multiple seasons. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, that's the caliber we're working with. Yeah. Because it's almost like we get spoiled on Game of Thrones that we're used to seeing really realistic looking, like, monsters mm-hmm. and etc. Yeah, wound, battle wounds. And so this was shocking because it's not something I see usually in TV shows. Well, and, like, these weren't zombies. They were real humans. <laughs> Yeah, and, like... Who were just severely affected by severe radiation. And, um, it's not... Like, they took pains to make things as realistic as they were when they really happened. I was listening to 
the podcast that the creators of the show made. They they released um, episodes after each of uh, the episodes of the show were released, and I haven't listened to all of them yet. Mm-hmm. But one thing they said that I really liked was that there were other plot lines that they could have, like, kind of made more dramatic. Mm-hmm. But they were like, we don't want any of this to take away from how crazy the real yeah story like the was. reality is so crazy that it's like unbelievable yeah well and that's kind of what i was thinking about this and when they see us is yeah. it's real and they don't need to add in any sort of they don't need to dramatize dramatize um anything because i i do think that would be confusing and take away from the fact that it's real and was certifiably insane mm-hmm and then it, like, it happened really recently. Yeah. Which you can also say about both of these shows. So I would definitely recommend it. I have even been recommending it to my parents. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Yeah, I would recommend it to my parents, too. Yeah, it's it's really good. Even though there is some slight nudity. But it's not sexualized at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And it was really funny. <laughs> Uh, and it there's just so many things that you're like these people are completely desperate yeah it's it's wild so yeah if you're looking for some summertime bleakness (laughs) who isn't summertime sadness start here you know Lana Del Rey said it best yeah June gloom and we'll just keep rolling with that and move on to when they see us this was this is on Netflix Mm -hmm. it's uh four episodes they're, like, movie length, though, like an hour to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And it was made by Ava DuVernay, and it is about the Central Park Five. That's what's interesting about the Central Park Five is that it is a horrible, crazy story, and I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I knew, a, I feel like I've re- I knew about it going in, but I didn't know about everything. Yeah, I think I had heard about it and knew, like, the general gist, but, yeah, I didn't know everything or anything, really. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, the story of the Central Park Five is that a woman is raped in Central Park in 1989, and basically, because there was, like, a big rowdy group of mostly Black and Latino teenagers running in the park at that same night... The cops pick up five boys and essentially get them. They, like, kind of coerce them to confess. Mm -hmm. And so those boys get put on trial for this rape. And they end up getting convicted even though they had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. The boys range from 14 to 16. And so this shows kind of the incidents of their interrogations and then their trials and then... Um, like, their lives in prison, basically. Yeah. And after. Yeah, and where they are now. Which I, I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, each episode, um, like, now after finishing it, I feel like the trial episode feels like I watched that, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so intense and still so contained about, like, each part of their lives that it's... It's just, it's so distinct from each other. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like I'm going to be haunted by this for a really long time. That I think a lot of it is because the acting is so good, particularly of all the kids. Mm-hmm. It like, was done so, so, so well. It was, it really is one of those things. Um, and we talked about this, and I think we both have, like, specifically written our notes. It's like the most emotionally devastating thing I've ever seen. Ever. Like, I was, I, and I am not really, I mean, I cry and stuff, but. Like, I was crying the entire time I watched this, and I was, like, watching it in public. I was watching it on an airplane, but I just couldn't stop crying um, because it's, it's seriously, you're just watching this nightmare, and it all actually happened, and lives were ruined, like, for literally no reason. And one thing that was, like, the reason it's so emotional, too, is that I feel like um, even just in the first ten minutes... Like, you get to know these five boys so well. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even... And that's how well-made this is, is that it doesn't, like, spend a ton of time, like, introducing every detail about them. But you just know enough to feel like you really, really know who these boys are. And you know that, like, they're really good kids. Yeah, I was telling Jordan that after watching this, I kind of just felt like nothing I'm ever going to do in this life will ever be enough like it felt made me feel like everything's impossible and there's no way to protect everyone and nothing is just and what's the point and i just felt a little hopeless tbh i feel like i'll see things that remind me how broken most of the systems are Mm -hmm. that hold up our lives Mm -hmm. And then, like, you just have to go on with your daily life. And so I forget and don't mm-hmm. really think about it. And then I watch something else that, like, this that is just, like, knocks the wind out of you. And you're just kind of, like, seriously, like, how can we stop this? But, like, one person isn't going to change anything. Yeah. Well, it's like... Like, if the whole system is so, so, so wrong and so many people in charge really are going to treat human beings like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> but it's also, like, like I don't want to stop people from watching it either because, like, of course it's easier when you're in those moments where you're not thinking about stuff like this mm-hmm. and realizing how horrible life is for so many people. But, mm-hmm. like, you need to know. Yeah. Like, even the real Central Park Five, um, Ava posted... A video from, I well, I think they're releasing this as like a special, like the Oprah Winfrey presents oh, when okay. they see us, and so I think we'll get to see kind of like the a question answer kind of thing, yeah, commentary from Ava and from like the real Central Park Five, and I think it was, um, the like the real Kevin Richardson, mm-hmm. the kid who plays little Kevin. Is the best. He is gonna... He, like, truly broke my heart. And I just think about him... All he wants to do is play the trumpet and, like... I just wanted to hug him. sisters. Like, it... It is just a nightmare. Like, this situation... Some of these boys, like... He's so little. It... The way that they acted it, and I'm sure it's realistic. Like, he didn't even know what rape was. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, forcing him to confess that he did it. And he doesn't even know how to talk about it. Like, even in the right way. Like, it's just... It is it is a nightmare, but he, the real Kevin, said 
obviously this is really hard for us to watch. Like, they're watching what really happened to them. Mm -hmm. But he's like, but it's necessary. Like, people need to be aware. Yeah. Because really nothing can ever change if people aren't aware of any of it. Mm -hmm. It's easier to be aloof in... That's not the word I'm thinking of. No, but that actually Uh, does make sense. Because, like, you're not caring. Yeah. Like... And just, like, ignorant. That's the easy way out. But... I think we owe it to everyone and our past. Like, we can't do that anymore. Like, we have to pay attention and we have to, um, I mean, I'll get on my soapbox about voting. Like, since that is something that, a small, small thing you can try to do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's not really okay to be uneducated about that kind of stuff because... It might not affect you, and that's exactly why you you should care about it. It's because you should try to uh, make it so that it doesn't affect other people. Exactly. Well, that was something I kept thinking about watching this, and I was like, this would never happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a white woman who was raised middle class. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you watch something like this or Making a Murderer, or like, like, a fictional movie where someone's, like, wrongfully framed or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it might kind of cross my mind, but, like, realistically, that would never... I would never be profiled. No. And that was actually something that this show was... In four episodes, they covered so much. They sh- they covered the criminal justice system. They covered race. They covered police... Brutality. Yeah, police brutality. They covered transgender rights. Mm-hmm. Um, they covered relationships with families, they covered friendships, they covered, um, class systems. Well, yeah, even, like, um, rehabilitation post-prison yeah. was a huge part of it. hmm Yeah, I was, like, just amazed at how much they were able to cover in that short amount of time. And it was, cover it well. Seriously, it was, I mean, I think this is Ava DuVernay's masterpiece. It was just such an interesting experience because, like, it was so hard to watch. And it's not even because typically things that are hard to watch are, like, very graphic. Mm-hmm. Very, like, out there just to shock you. And this was, like, so contained. And there are definitely some shocking moments. But they are real things. It's not It's not exaggerated at all. And so much of the things that are stuck in my mind are just, like... The looks on the boys' faces, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, their family. Oh, my gosh. Because it also talked about... Um, it also Another thing that it had to do, which is kind of, like, a sub-subject of, like, race and the criminal justice system and police brutality is, like, the fact... Of, like, the fear in Antron's dad's eyes, because he's lived through this. Mm-hmm. And his worst fear was that his son would have to go through it. Mm-hmm. And so there's still all that residual pain that he has and that, like, it's just, it's just crazy. It was, wow, it was really an experience. Well, and I had also forgotten that Ava, um, did you ever watch the documentary 13th? Yes. Yeah, she made that. And these kind of go hand in hand, too. Yeah. I would, if you haven't watched that, I highly recommend mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying, we're not forcing you to watch it, but we think everyone should. Yeah, I feel like you we're, like, guilt-tripping you into watching it a little bit. And, like, yeah, that's one way we can use our our privilege. 
<laughs> trying to get as many people to watch this as possible. Yeah. I also feel like we really have to shout out um, Gerald Jerome, who played Corey. Mm-hmm. He is only 21, and he plays both young Corey Wise and adult Corey Wise. And you, the only thing I've I seen didn't him realize in was, it was the same person. It's him. Wow. That's weird. It's because I read that he came in auditioning for young Corey, and then Ava just had him read the adult lines, and mm-hmm. she cast him as both roles. Wow, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know. He does such a good job. It's literally, it's not distracting at all, clearly. Yeah, I actually thought him. that he, like, looked different enough. That's wild. And the fact that he's playing as an adult, he looks, he does not look like he's only 21. Yeah, no. He looks like an adult. Yeah. And the, the only thing I've seen him in was Moonlight, and he's really good and devastating in that, too. Mm-hmm. But he's just, this was, like... If he doesn't at least get nominated for this, like, that would just be a complete travesty. I mean, what's new? Yeah, no kidding. Lucky for all of you, we're recording this, like, a day after we finished watching it. We probably would have bawled the whole way through talking about it. Literally. Like, I'm actually kind of, I'm, I'm pretty impressed that we didn't cry today. Yeah, me too. Like, just thinking about, like, I was going to sleep last night, and I just was thinking about, like, everything, and just, like, crying in my bed. Well, like, while I was watching it, I would hold myself together until, like, really random, not really sad parts, and then I would just be bawling. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was so much. One really random thing. So, the actress who played Corey's transgender sister, mm-hmm. she was on America's Next Top Model. Oh, fun. She was a contestant. Isis. Oh, what season was that? Eleven. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the rest of the cast, every person was amazing. Yes. Every single person. Um, Another fun... I mean, Are you going to talk about Felicity Huffman? Oh, well, we have to talk about Felicity <laughs> Huffman. Um, Really easy to hate her in real life after watching this. Yeah. And with the college scandal. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, you put it really well when we were talking about it yesterday, that it's, like, the most, like, white privileged thing in real life that's happening to her, Mm -hmm. and then we see her playing this horrible, racist, um, white privileged woman. Detective. Detective. I'm just gonna keep repeating every word after you (laughs) say it. Well, we don't have, like, an echo tool on our (laughs) microphone right now, so. But it's, it, oh my gosh. It was... I just always, like, when people take these roles, I'm like, how do you even live with yourself? (laughs) Like, they're acting, obviously, and someone needs to play these roles. They can't always just cast racist people to play racists. Yeah. But, like, her... Because let's not give racist jobs, please. (laughs) No, like, let's not support them. Speaking of which, like, let's all vote, please. (laughs) Seeing Donald Trump in the, like... Oh, yeah. I knew that he had been really outspoken when this went on, because he's obviously from New York, and so he, like, took it upon himself to be extremely outspoken against these poor kids, and it's just, like, completely outrageous, and uh, I wish I could remember which of the five said this. I think it might have been, well, I don't want to misquote. It was one of the five, those five boys, though. As an adult, he was, like, 
the person who really was like began the domino effect of how the media portrayed us and how the public saw us was Donald Trump. Because he was so he was famous and mm-hmm. he was so outspoken about them and so that's what people heard. And that just makes so me upsetting. wanna scream. Yeah. Because it's not like he even knew anything well, about anything. He was, yeah, he was trying to say that they deserve the death penalty, which, like, thank freaking goodness that that wasn't a thing, because they would have died for something they didn't even do. Yeah. Ugh, um makes me sick. He literally paid almost, he paid $85,000 to take out a full-page ad in the newspaper mm-hmm. saying that. That is... It's disgusting. Like, why... But that could have paid for all their lawyer fees. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh. When they were saying, I just have goosebumps about little things like how some of them, the way they could afford um, bail was their collections at their church. Yeah. It's hard to shout out any specific actors because I literally thought they all were so good. Vera Farmiga, really good, wearing that same hair as O.G. Simpson's lawyer, Marsha. Mm-hmm. Niecy Nash, who was Corey's mom, mm-hmm. was also really good. She was really good. And also, I've been getting a ton of ads in my feeds for her show. For Claws? Yes. Yeah, I've never watched it. I want to watch it. It's funny it. that I started watching this and then I got ads for that. Totally. I feel like one of the other main things I've seen her in was Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. And again, like comedy. She was really good in that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's really good in this. Yeah. Yeah, all their parents were amazing. I thought specifically um, Antron's dad was really good, mm-hmm. especially because, again, he played his younger self and older self and, like, was extremely convincing as both. Yeah, he was. His dad was played by Michael Kenneth Williams. But, um, yeah, really, everyone was so good. So watch it, cry, and then do what you can. Donate, vote, anything, <laughs> and try. Seriously. Not- well, even just speaking out. Yeah. Because Tell other people to watch it. It's like, after you stop being apathetic, then another hard thing is calling out things that will just, like, further um, behavior like this and mm-hmm. normalize it. Calling out people if they say something that's prejudiced or racist. Just, like, <laughs> that sounds so, like, cheap, kind of. But it really, I feel like... Changing day-to-day behaviors is one way that, like, who knows, that person could be on a jury one day or something. Yeah, and it's like, if that's something we can do right now, let's do it. Yeah. It feels weird to just <laughs> crush it. I know. It's, like, too, um, trivial. Yeah. <laughs> but Handmaid's Tale started back up this week. They dropped three new episodes, and then it's going to be week by week. I've watched the first three. And I'm feeling okay about it. I was a little wary. I don't know how it'll feel at the end, but I'm feeling okay right now. But that means I had no other choice than to choose Max Mingala again. You, I know. You needed to. You had no other choice. I just, choice. I can't get over him. <laughs> and I won't give any spoilers away, but I'm worried about him. Hmm. I'm worried that he's not going to be in it that much this season. So I'm going to have to say it now, just in case I never see him again. Totally. I knew he was really, I mean, he's never like far from the top of your crush list, but I knew he was because you were retweeting a lot of Max (laughs) tweets last night. I'm glad you caught on to that. (laughs) Yeah. Who's yours? Okay. I feel kind of weird about this because he is 
young, but I have to say uh, Gerald Jerome, Corey. Yeah. He's so cute. He was so cute, and he was, oh my gosh, he was amazing. And just, like, the second you see him, like, he just, I can't, I, like, can't even, it's, I'm just speechless thinking about his performance. He was so good, and is, like, doing so many things in this, in this part. Like, he starts out all this kind of, like, swagger. Mm-hmm. Ladies attitude, man. Ladies man, for sure. Like, so flirty and smooth talker. And then, like, he's, like, the way that he gets into this trial is just, a like, a living nightmare. Yeah. It's very upsetting. It's horrifying. He's just and, a little kid who, like, is pretty uneducated and doesn't even really know very much about anything and is taken advantage of. Big time. Like, I don't want to compare their experiences because it was all absolutely nightmarish and I really... Each individual boy broke my heart. Yeah. They were all amazing and all so just precious and good and sad. Um, But I think this is, from what I've, just like the little research I've done, it's, this is one of the first retellings and kind of just like presentations of the Central Park Five story that showed that even within those five, his experience was completely different than the other four. Yeah. And he well, had a, tried as like an adult. Yeah. So that's the thing is that he was the only 16 year old. So then they ruled that he could be sent to an adult prison and it's just horrifying. And so he had, the actor had a, a ton to do. Like it was a really, if it had been a worse actor, it wouldn't have been nearly as effective. Yeah. But it was him. And so it was amazing and he's adorable. And so even though he's only 21, he's my crush this week. Yeah, I approve. All right. Well, go cry it out. Come back. Tell us how you're feeling. Yeah. We're here for you. We're here for you. We've been through it. We made it. And we know you'll have a lot to discuss with us after you watch this. Yes, please. Bye. <laughs>